welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. We were less than a year old as a church. We haven't publicly launched yet. And uh, we are just in this season being at Green Spring Gardens, learning to worship together each week, uh, celebrating Christ in the Eucharist. And it is a joy. One of the other privileges that we have had over the summer is having probably the most rock star intern that any church could ask for. And so for the last eight weeks now, um, sadly, it's only a couple more weeks. I don't want to think about that. But for the last eight weeks, Grace Brooks has been our intern and has just done an incredible job um, with, with all the, the things that go into planting a church from admin to communication to just to thinking about theology and the, what people need as people with being part of the church. And, and we often make time for those kinds of discussions. And one of the things that she gets to do this summer is we're giving her the opportunity to preach. And so as she is uh, studying the Bible at Wheaton and discerning her own call to the ministry, it is a blessing uh, for us to be able to have her share God's word with us this morning. I'm excited. Uh, I've gotten a taste of what this is going to be. I'm I'm so thrilled for all of us to hear from the Holy Spirit this morning. Um, So I want to pray for Grace as she comes up. Lord, I thank you um, so much for Grace. I thank you for her presence, the ways that she reaches out to other people, uh, to include them in the work that you're doing. Thank you for her love and compassion for others. And I thank you for the hard work that she does in study um, and all the other things that she does to you, Lord. Uh, What a gift to have her here. Would you bless her and inspire her by your Holy Spirit to preach the things that our hearts need to hear? And will we listen to your Holy Spirit this morning, Lord? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's so, so good to see all of you this morning. And I'm so excited that you're all here. And it's a really, really deep joy to be here. So please pray with me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you look around the sanctuary with me, you'll see the color green everywhere. Green is one of my favorite colors, and it has been for a really long time. It reminds me of June, of tender leaves, of sparkling rivers, and of the simple beauty of mountain pine trees. It's a color of creation, renewal, and life. The color green is one of the church's favorites, too. In the liturgical calendar, the whole church around the world marks times and seasons around Jesus' life, death, and resurrection throughout the year. We remember all that God has done in story, prayer, and in color. Green reminds God's people of the season of ordinary time, which goes from Pentecost to Advent. It's the season that we sometimes forget about in this collective rhythm. At first glance, nothing incredibly important happens in ordinary time. We do not mourn or rejoice during Holy Week together. There's no anticipation of a candle at Christmas Eve. Ordinary time is quite ordinary in itself. 
And yet the more I've gotten to know the rhythm of the church's life together, I've found each year that ordinary time is perhaps the most wonderful and formative season that we share. It's a long season, and it is one that is so full of God's presence and mercy and grace. I think of the words we pray each Sunday together in these weeks during the summer and fall. Cleanse us from all our sins. Pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy. Graft in our hearts the love of your name. These words that we pray are a reflection of how ordinary time draws us in to seek our God, walking his road in faith by simply taking one step after another and watching for him day by day. Today's reading from the letter to the Ephesians speaks into the ordinariness of human life. Much of the Bible does, too, containing stories of plain women and men whose lives were spent much like our own. However, even more so, both this passage and the story of the Bible is centered around an extraordinary God who reveals himself in the ordinariness of his people's lives, calling us to watch for him in every moment and continue walking with him in trust each day. So on this ordinary Sunday morning, join me and take another step down this road to get to know this extraordinary God even more. As we've been reading through the book of Ephesians together this summer, we have heard words that have shown us who our God is and who we are in him. Several weeks ago, we began by talking about the transforming work of the Holy Spirit, who seals all those who have heard and believed the good news of Christ's saving work on the cross and has the power to make ordinary lives a testament to God's glory. Last week, we celebrated the gift and miracle that it is to be brought into the household of God as beloved family members through Christ's reconciliation and the waters of baptism. Today, we continue our journey together in the third chapter of Ephesians. St. Paul begins this passage by telling Ephesus of his own ordinariness, that he is the very least of all the saints. The Hebrew of Hebrews and former enemy of the church is an ordinary man of little importance, having no good reason to be considered to write this letter. However, in his own words, this grace was given. These four small words fill the gap between ordinary people and their extraordinary God. God makes himself known to Paul in the midst of his plainness, entrusting himself with the gift of not only knowing him face to face, but also making him known. This is the way that God makes himself known. He has revealed himself as the creator of all things, who has orchestrated for all time what is to come of his world and of his people. His plan comes to fulfillment through the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the salvation of the world, filled with unsearchable riches who returns God's people into his arms. He has made himself known both to and through his church, which was his purpose since the world began. God is incomprehensible. In the other scriptures we read today, he is made known in the same way. He comes with chariots and fire to take the prophet Elijah up to heaven, appearing unmistakably. He is remembered by his people Israel as the one who led them out of Egypt and chose them to be his own. He parted the sea for them so that they could escape danger and oppression and pass through the waters on dry ground. He sustained and refreshed them with water to drink in the wilderness, making it spring up and flow from a dry rock. 
He is the one who walked on the waters of the sea, appearing to his disciples in the midst of a storm, calming it with one command. The greatness of God rings out from these scriptures. He is worthy of every bit of awe and praise from his people who knew him in Bethel, in Judah, in Bethsaida, and in Ephesus. As I read this passage long after it has been written, I find that these words make God known to me, too. The way that I see God's greatness most clearly displayed is not in these specific events, as wonderful and as revealing as they are, but rather in the way he has made himself known to us, ordinary people, through them. As Paul writes, we have both boldness and access to God. In Greek, the word access, or prosagoge, translates literally to a bringing to. This phrase brings such wonderful pictures to my mind. Close your eyes with me for a moment and imagine what it looks like to be brought to God, to be led by his Holy Spirit towards him with his arms outstretched, his face joyful and radiant. Imagine him taking you up in his arms and rejoicing over you in love because you have been brought to him. This is the gift that we have been given and is perhaps the largest mystery in the world to me. The same Lord who is filled with riches unsearchable has loved us and brought us to himself. Not only this, he did so by becoming like us, an ordinary man called Jesus from a little town and an impoverished family. He clothed himself in ordinariness, having no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He walked this earth with his feet and worked with his hands, knowing fatigue, laughter, hunger, sorrow, and joy. Musician Sarah Sparks writes of both him and those he loved, saying, with our hands so stained with sin, we could not reach out to him. There, the gap we could not cross, our God came down to us. We were walking in darkness, clouded by our sin, and in his life and death, Jesus came down to us to fill the chasm between himself and our ordinary humanity. The same God who drew water from a rock in the wilderness is the one who stretched out his arms upon the cross, dying to our sin for us in the place we deserve. We are a people so ordinary that our merit does not warrant Christ's death on our behalf. As I look around at each one of us, I think of our individual and our collective lives as a church. How ordinary we all are. We are made from dust, returning to dust at the end of our earthly lives. Between now and then, we spend our days in the human rhythms of work and rest and play, taking care of ourselves and those whom God has called us to in our own corners and spheres of this world. We are the same people who pray, give us this day our daily bread, asking our God to provide for us every hour. At the end of each day, we lay ourselves down to sleep, entrusting ourselves to the Lord again and again and again, only to wake up and do it all over the next day. We are truly common people in common prayer. And yet, as it is written, 
this grace was given. God's story for us does not end here with ordinariness and the stain of sin and death on a cross. Jesus has been raised up from the dead, putting sin to death and making a way for ordinary sinners so that we too can be raised from death with him into new life, to be a people of uncommon transformation. He has brought us from the dust, restoring us to the creation he called good from the first. Through his resurrection, he has brought us into himself and given us the bright hope of extraordinary life in him and with him. Jesus' resurrection is the greatest gift and the greatest act of love that I, this ordinary woman, have ever known. Through his words to all the saints in and outside of Ephesus, we can see that our God is delighted to reveal himself to ordinary people, calling them to turn to him in faith. His constant refrain to his beloved Israel throughout the Old Testament story of salvation is, I will be their God and they shall be my people. The prophet Jeremiah writes, and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. God not only longs for, but promises that even the plainest of people will know him. This promise spans into the New Testament where St. Paul writes to the Ephesians, praying that even they may know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that they may be filled with the fullness of God. Everything I have spoken about God up until now, from his past mighty works to his salvation in Jesus Christ, has been done out of his deep love for our ordinary hearts. This language that St. Paul uses for Christ's love is large and grand as he prays that all God's people throughout all time may know together the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of his love. He delights deeply in loving us and longs for us to put our trust in him and to watch for him even in the quietest and most humble moments of our lives. This mystery of God revealing himself to ordinary people continues to capture my heart again and again, and I pray that it may continue to capture yours as well. As we grow like mountain pine trees along the river in this rooted and grounded love of Christ, it overflows in our proclamation of him to those whom he places before us. God has promised that through his church, he is made known to every realm of his world as his spirit takes up residence in the heart of his people. Through his spirit within our hearts, our very lives are filled with the fullness of God. Poet and songwriter Andrew Peterson speaks to this in his song, The Power of a Great Affection, writing, I will praise him that the secret things of old are now revealed to sons and daughters. I've been seized by the power of a great affection. Now this is the theme of my song. Now I can forgive as I'm forgiven. And even when the shadows are long, I will sing about the sun that's risen. His words encapsulate the power of God's great affection for his people that seizes them and transforms them so that they cannot help but sing. We must proclaim this power and this love with the whole church until earth and heaven ring, and ordinary people 
continue to be brought to this extraordinary God, saying, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. The same God has called us to share in his extraordinary life and love and to watch for him in every ordinary day. He is the seal upon our hearts in every harvest and in every drought, yet even more, he is our seal when everything is plain. We are marked and known by our God in the ordinariness of each day, as we are called to continue in faith, walking with him and asking him for daily bread. He goes before us, joins us on every side, and guides us, his ordinary people, as we move toward heaven's promised table, when we will be embraced by his loving arms forever. So, dear beloved ordinary people of God, to us this grace was given. Let us walk in the extraordinary gift of Christ's love together, watching for his work in the ordinariness of every day. May his love overflow from us to make its way into every daily coffee and kitchen and bedtime exchange. And may this be the song on our lips for every day of this journey. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever.